Question for you, Brad. Just a uh, producer Gary over there has got a great Hawaiian shirt on. Um, did you watch American Idol last night? I did not watch American Idol, but I did watch Magnum PI, so it works okay. out there too. Well, uh, American Idol, the the guy who won was from Hawaii. He's a high school kid, eighteen. He just an awesome voice. So that just when I saw Gary come through, I thought maybe it was in salute of the winner of American Idol this this past year. So producer Gary, do you watch American Idol? It was not Roger. Sorry, okay, I, I do not. All right. For the record. All right. Well, uh, excited. Uh, Here Comes the Boom is a movie with Kevin James. It uh, was put out in 2012. Um, I'd actually seen this movie a couple of times, and I, it was your first time, wasn't it, Brad? Yes, I have never seen Here Comes the Boom. I watched it for the first time for this podcast. And probably it wasn't uh, – if we're comparing – Last week's movie torture, this week's movie torture, it was different. So I'll just say that starting out. Yeah, it was it was a little different, a little different. Um, so you want to just want to jump in? Get through. Sure. Well, let's, let's we'll talk uh, a couple of things about the the main movie. All right. So it was um, it was directed by Frank uh, Corsese, I guess Corsese. Uh, Frank had done basically a bunch of Adam Sandler movies. Uh, that was kind of his. He's done some good ones though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, let's yeah. let's give the man his due. He did Wedding Singer. And yeah, <laughs> but he also did one of the worst movies of all time, Around the World in Eighty Days. That movie had a hundred ten million dollar budget and only grossed twenty four million. Is that a future movie torture? Uh, I haven't seen it, so yeah, I've I guess yeah. So maybe that's one we painfully watch. We will painfully watch it. But he also did The Water Boy, right? Yeah, he did The Water Boy and uh, just a handful of the. I think the other one, the zoo one that Kevin James did as well. So, okay, so you brought up Kevin James. I think I think we need to ask the. I need to ask you the important question: Do you like this toupee Kevin James is wearing in this movie? Was he wearing a toupee? Oh, he's definitely wearing a toupee. Uh, I, I did not. Maybe what? I just gotten so used to it. I, I didn't notice that. Gary's surprised. Look at his hair in King of Queens, which I will say I'm a huge fan of King of Queens. Look at it in this one. It's a thick head of hair. It's dark. It's well, you know, now these days, you know, they have they have stuff that you can help grow hair well, grow back. Maybe it's not a toupee. Maybe it's yeah. just hair plugs. Yeah. But he definitely has yeah. the plugs going on. Yeah. Did you notice that he lost 80 pounds? Oh, did he? For this role. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's funny. I didn't really notice it either, but I did read it in the uh, International Movie Database. Okay. Because that's the, that's the encyclopedia, right? Yeah. It's all true in there. He did not look like he lost 80 pounds. Uh, it looked kind of normal to me, so, yeah. Uh, Kevin James, to me, is, is an odd guy because his movies generally suck, right? I mean, he it, Zookeeper was terrible, yeah. and they've tried to make him a star, but I don't. He he's a one note dude who brings the same suitcase of actors 
with him See, for every I role. think his best movie was Hitch. His character in Hitch was was perfect because he wasn't the lead guy. He was one of the, you know, the bit players, but he was very funny. He played his part very well, kind of as a nerdy guy who's not supposed to get the hot chick kind of thing. Um, and I, th- I thought in that movie he played that part very well. As a lead guy, I just, I just don't – it's not the same thing. It's just not the same thing to me. Are you a King of Queens guy? I've watched the show, but it's not one I've seen every episode like some people have. Oh, I've seen every episode of King of Queens. I love Doug Heffernan. And the question has to be raised for King of Queens fans. Would Carrie Heffernan, Leah Remini, would she really find Doug Heffernan attractive? We know they, they met while they were younger. So it could have been a skinnier, you know, uh, less plump Kevin James. True. But I I do like how Kevin James always has the ladies in every movie. Yeah. I mean, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves yet, but Kevin James definitely gets the ladies. Yeah. He's a ladies' man. Yeah. 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 So so what – let's start the movie out, Raj. Like, what – what? Where do we start with this movie well, besides its UFC? Yeah. Well, the start of the movie is, uh, what, to me, it was kind of funny seeing him waking up late. He's a teacher and he's waking up late, and it, it made me think. Question for you: What's your best or worst wake up story? I've got a good one. I've got I, a good I one. have a worst sleeping story, and do you want to hear my worst sleeping story? So I was in the military at the time, and. Um, I went to Los Angeles with some buddies, and we were at this house, and the house had roaches crawling around, and everybody was inebriated but me. I didn't drink, and I was like, I'm not sleeping in this room with roaches, so I slept outside in the hatchback of my car, and when I woke up, dogs were barking, so that's the worst wake-up story is having dogs bark at me when I'm sleeping. Many years ago, I was a youth pastor. And I had taken our teens to uh, an amusement park that was a few hours away. On the way back, the van had broke down. So we didn't get back home till almost like 5 a.m. in the morning. <clears throat> and it was a Saturday night, so we had church the next day. So I, I made myself, I was able to go to church and get through it. Went home, took a nap, forgot to set my alarm. Now that's, that's huge because our youth meetings were on Sunday night. And I get a call uh, from my wife telling me that, um, where are you at and why aren't you here? Because <laughs> she had gone done something separately and gone to the church. And, uh, and I'm just like, you know, doing that run around the house, throwing clothes on, you know, uh, you know, trying to, back then I actually had hair. So I was, you know, trying to get my hair straight and all that. But that was one of the worst times is being woke up to realize you're supposed to be someplace and you're not there. So. It's yeah. always a sick feeling. Listeners out there, if that's happened to you, uh, you can feel our pain, right? So, so I've never slept quite like Kevin James sleeps, but have you ever driven a motorcycle like he was driving that motorcycle? Uh, I, I've never driven a motorcycle. Uh, uh, that would be a sight to see. Um, I would probably look like a, a, a bigger version of him on the motorcycle. And uh, especially him not having, like, some, you know, some huge motorcycle, you know, having that in between, uh, you know. Uh, 
I feel like he was playing Grand Theft Auto with the motorcycle because he would have murdered people the way he was driving, and he would have died himself. We would have been memorializing uh, Steve. His name was Steve, right? If I'm not mistaken, Steve Voss or Steve... Scott. Scott. Scott C. I've already forgot his name. But we would be memorializing this guy because he drove it like my wife drives when we go somewhere. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. it's pretty scary. That's that's yeah. interesting fact about Kristen. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, here he goes to school. We find out that he used to be a really enthused teacher and he now is a, a bad teacher. Can we also say the groundskeeper definitely knocked over his motorcycle, right? Because he cut right through that football field that was getting mowed. He just cut right through it. Well, it's either that or the, I noticed the security guard inside saw – I thought he saw him in the parking lot and locked the door so he couldn't get in. Would you climb the wall to get in, though? I would just stand at the door and bang yeah. until someone let me in. Well, he's trying to avoid that principal. Yeah, but the uh, principal had every right to be upset with this guy, oh right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he did. So that makes me – what's uh, maybe – what's one of the laziest – without mentioning names, let's not go there. But what was one of maybe your worst teachers you ever had who was, like, lazy and didn't do anything? I don't know, Raj, because to me, the lazy ones that didn't do anything were my favorites. Well, of course, <laughs> yeah. They were the ones that let us watch the <laughs> ACC tournament. You I, know. I had a teacher one year let us watch Best of the Best Three. So – you listeners out there, it's probably before your time, but Best of the Best 3 was a great karate movie, or I think it's kickboxing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that was a great teacher. Bad teachers are the ones that give you a lot of work and make you learn. Yeah. Yeah. We had one teacher who was the wrestling coach, and all we did was uh, the girls in the class would ask questions about the wrestling matches, and he would talk, you know, end on end about what had happened in wrestling matches. And uh, he wasn't a lazy teacher or a bad teacher, but he was just seemed to like to talk about wrestling team so that always worked out for us so so scott has i mean he was teacher of the year at some point yeah many many moons ago yeah what do you think happened to scott one too many churros like why do you think he quit karen uh you know that's that's a good question um maybe because he was so distracted by selma hayek and uh her not her unwillingness to go out with him you know in the movie Maybe that he he was discouraged and he let that get to his teaching it affect his, you know, his teaching skills. Because he was a very non-existent school teacher. Oh yeah, for yeah, re sure. Reading the sports page, you know, while letting the kids do whatever they wanted to. And then that brings us uh, to the good teacher, uh, the Fonz, Henry Winkler, um, uh, the character he plays here. Uh, is a is a music teacher there at the school, and um, just seems like everybody loves him, and just seems to be a great guy. Uh, what did you think about Henry Winkler's character in, in the movie? Well, I love Henry Winkler in everything he's in. He is really good at everything. Um, he's definitely doing this movie as a favor for the director because he was in Waterboy, uh, but he does good. He never mails it in. He is good at everything. He's the kind of guy that you'd want to hang out with, even if he's talking about the band. I, did you, were you a little surprised that he was going to be a dad in this movie? Yeah, at that age, I think everybody was. That he was, yeah, seemed to be the storyline with, with that. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you think they, they had a younger guy in mind and they casted 60 year old Henry Winkler and was like, 
okay, Henry, we're going to make you a dad. And he's like, oh, you're going to make me a dad in this movie. Like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. So that, that was your Henry Winkler? That was my Henry Winkler. Okay. But it's not Kevin James is going to be the dad. Like, that would be the twist, right? We, we get to the end of the movie. Selma Hayek's like, oh, puppy, I'm pregnant. You know, something like that. But no, it's Henry Winkler's the dad. I think you need to, Producer Gary, I think you need to press a buzzer every time he does a bad impression. <laughs> oh, no. I'd wear that buzzer out. Yeah. No, yeah, because no. yeah, uh, that, that, uh, that uh, Marty Strep, the teacher character, um, the Im- imitation kind of went almost to the Fonzarelli. Uh, he went to became like Irish Italian, um, all in one thing there. But uh, yeah, he was a he, he was a great movie, a great teacher in this movie. Um, just uh, I don't know, just a nice guy. He's the guy you kind of pull for here. So um, the love interest in this movie go- is is he the one teacher that cares in this school? It seems like it. I think, see, you would think, I was getting ready to say some height, but she was a nurse. She wasn't a teacher, you know. Which I was trying to figure her out for a minute. I was like, is she a teacher? Because she's coming to the teacher meetings. If you're not a teacher, are you going to teacher meetings? I, I would think not. But, you know, maybe it was a different time in 2012, you know. I mean, if I'm the teachers, I'm praying Selma Hyatt comes to the meetings. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if I'm Selma Hayek, I'm like, gotta go. Anyway, so you're talking about Selma Hayek. We get to meet her finally. Yeah, she's the uh, the love interest in this movie. Um, uh, you know, basic rom com kind of theme here. You know, guy tries and tries and tries and fails miserably each time. But uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, so the general theme is this: basically, the school is getting ready to shut down the music program in the school. And this is right after the Kevin James character, Scott Voss, finds out that uh, that the music teacher, Henry Winkler's playing, Marty, uh, is going to have the baby. So they're basically saying he's going to be fired, let go from his position, and because uh, they're shutting down the music program. Uh, so all of a sudden, he, he cares. Like, how quickly? I mean, don't you think it should have took like a, a good 15, 20 minutes in the movie for him to change from being lazy teacher to all of a sudden he cared teacher? Well, first off, Scott is a dirtbag teacher. I mean, let's be honest. He pawned off his punishment on to the really nice Henry Winkler. Even after he found out his wife was pregnant. <laughs> Even I mean, after he found out his wife was pregnant. He was like, yeah, okay, can you do this for me? Yeah. So I don't understand why he cares about him, honestly. I. Why does he care about any of this? He's not losing his job. I think he's a biology teacher. Is that right? Yeah. Biology? Like They're not getting rid of biology, although they should. Yeah. They're not getting rid of biology. Uh, so why does he care? I would not. I mean, this guy has shown no care at all. But one thing he does care about is Selma Hayek. Yes. Would HR be called on this guy? Um. She said 16 times you've asked me out. Yeah. I feel like... After three times, she's going to HR going, this big boy keeps asking me out, right? Like, well, he seems to be doing it in public. So it's not like he's cornering her. He seems to be doing it, so everybody's kind of laughing about it. So, um, But, yeah, I think uh, this, again, this was 2012. This is 2020. Um, then, yeah, this is probably be a different storyline here. So if we remade Here Comes the Boom today, uh, Selma Hayek, what was her name in the movie? I can't even remember. Let's just call her Selma. 
uh, she would be like, oh, no, I'm going to press charges. I'm canceling Scott. And Scott would be canceled halfway through the movie. And then the rest of the movie would be Henry Winkler her and his band instruments. Her, her name was Bella Flores. Bella Flores. So, like, I guess maybe she was like Tom Flores, uh, the old Raiders coach. Uh, maybe his, her daughter, his daughter. Maybe it's his daughter, yeah. yeah. So, so, Scott would be canceled in this movie. Oh, yeah. Movie over. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, listening, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're getting to the whole part where they're trying to, they're trying to raise money and different things. Okay, so they have the teacher's meeting and that nobody shows up at. And uh, Scott Voss ends up with a basketball and then says that he's going to dunk it. Um, so as soon as he says that, do you do, does your mind not turn to like, okay, we're coming into a, like a, a typical fat guy moment where he's going to fall? I know? was thinking he was going to tear his ACL or something. Yeah. Like it was, I, there was no way. But but we do need to talk about the movie tries to paint the principal as the villain, right? Yeah, at first, yes. Is he a villain? I mean, he's probably getting his marching orders from someone else. Yeah, I, I can understand him in the beginning with the, uh, you know, discipline on Scott and all that stuff. But, you know, the way he handles the teacher's meeting and just being a just a jerk. Um, but Scott's put him through the ringer for probably 12 years, and he's probably sick of it. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. But, yeah, he does look like he takes joy in punishing Scott. So, um, so we go along, we introduce the more characters, like <laughs> Scott's brother, um, lives in that chaotic house with all those kids. Remind me of the, the Wallace home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. my, for those of you who don't know, we have a friend who uh, has uh, has five children. So, uh, Gary Valentine, yeah. uh, who is Kevin James' brother. I feel like the rule is, if Kevin James is in a movie... Gary Valentine has to be in it with Are they him. brothers for real? Yeah, they're brothers. Okay, they look like brothers, but I was, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're definitely brothers. Okay. And and he's a real jerk to his wife, who, if you didn't recognize her, she's from the TV show Baby Daddy and Reba. Yeah. She had a really small role. I mean, she was slumming it in this movie yeah. because she hardly was in it, but she's a good actress. But he, him and her don't like each other. And you get to meet Danny. Danny, I'm going to call him Danny because that's what he was on King of Queens. You get to meet Danny, and <laughs> he is just this loser. He's a loser. And I don't know why Scott wants advice from him. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, your brothers. You know, you talk to each other. You know, you're going to get terrible advice. Um, so just uh, all of a sudden, you know, he's in his class, uh, finds out one of his students is, uh, you know, teaches UFC, finds out about the UFC fighting. Um, and then we find out the, the term. Now, if you could see us now, I'm going to use a term that was in the movie. It's called twisty. And you just imagine like turning your wrist, like you're screwing a light bulb. And he's like, twisty, twisty, like a good thing. So it's, it's used throughout the movie. Uh, so now that you can use that this week on somebody, if somebody's, you know, somebody says, how you doing? Just say twisty, twisty, you know, that your things are good for you. So, um, so so did we did we say how much he has to raise to save Henry Winkler's job? Forty eight K. Was it forty eight thousand dollars? It was forty eight thousand dollars. It was a lot of money. And I kept thinking the whole time, is this does it save his job or do they have to do this every year? Does he have to do could if this was twenty twenty three, Henry Winkler's character would definitely start a GoFundMe page. Yeah. Right? 
and he'd be selling those those uh, instruments on eBay yeah. really fast. But yeah, I it's a lot of money, and he's working at what is where where is he working at nights at? Is it a get your green card class? Is that really what yeah, it is? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing that. He, I guess he had done it before and stopped and was picking it up again to to get some money for this this program. And then he decides, you know, to do the fighting thing. Um which brings in uh one of the next characters, uh former UFC fighter. Um You talking about Nico, right? Yeah, Nico. Uh Bass Bass Rutten. I mean Nico's in everything Kevin James. So they're they must be buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's he's the one that's teaching him how to fight. Uh, you know, takes him to the, his first fight, um, which where where the the song comes in. Here comes the boom. Um, Nico and and Henry Winkler best parts of this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Best parts. Yeah. They are they are not phoning it in. Yeah. They are delivering, and yeah. Nico is funny in this movie. And Nico's rendition of Faithfully was was tremendous. <laughs> he is really solid in this movie. Uh, so they're there. They play the music. He goes to the ring. He's dressed up like a wrestling character with a helmet and shoulder pads, looking like a, a stepbrother of the Road Warriors. Um, uh, Raj, Raj and, and producer Gary, would you take $10,000 to get the crap beat out of you? Would it be fighting a male or a female? I mean, you're getting in the UFC <laughs> octagon. Because that's his goal, right? He's told by Nico, if he gets in the octagon and gets knocked out, they give him $10,000. So he's thinking, I can get knocked out five times. Would you take $10,000 to get knocked out? Listeners, would you take $10,000 to get I, knocked I out? I would. What I would do is I would just, when as soon as they said fight, I would run as fast as I could to the guy I'm fighting, let him throw that one punch and knock me out, and boom, that's it. I don't have to get beaten all over my body or twisted in the mad submission hold. I just take that one punch, I'm down, ching-ching the bank. So when you fall, do we get to hear, here comes the boom? Yeah. <laughs> would you say that to someone you knocked out? Producer Gary, would you stand over someone and go, here comes the boom after you knocked them out? After? Yes. I think you can't say here it comes after it's gone, right? True. I guess you have to say it while you're swinging. Yeah. Here comes the boom. Here and comes you just, the boom. And, and then, yeah. then you do it. You then you them. knock them out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But I, One of my favorite songs from uh, uh, the uh, late to mid-90s, late 90s, I think, uh, P.O.D. P.O.D., yep. I do not know who P.O.D. is. That is sad. I that is sad. did not know that song. That is sad. Until, uh, what, what's your thoughts, Raj, on the unitard? That he's wearing. Because he's uh, rocking a unitard. It was sad. Actually, it was kind of sad. Would you rock a unitard for no. $10,000? Uh, I, would, I would get knocked out for 10000 and I would wear a unitard to get 10000 but I would not wear a, a unitard to get knocked out, you know, Especially while together. it's being recorded. Yes. I'm not letting no, – no, yeah. that'll haunt me for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, so we get to see – we get to see what Nico does during the day, which is very fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, Nico is like producer Gary's dream because he gets to work out with women all day, like yeah. in, in in spandex. Like producer Gary, he's single, 
he would like to have Nico's job, I'm sure. Nico has a pretty boss job. Yeah. Right? Producer Gary saying yes. So. Yeah, the yoga instructor was, he's, what, he's, yeah, that was, the, was the good one. Yeah. Then, he, then he gets on the bike, right? Yeah. And starts teaching the bike class. Yeah. Would you, what would you do if someone threw up in your face? What's uh, the protocol for puking and, and, in the face? And what we're speaking of is that um, as they were heading to one of the fights, uh, Kevin James' character, Scott, is given some applesauce. They do not say at the time that the applesauce has been sitting in the, you know, the back window of the car in the hot sun. So he eats the applesauce, goes and wins the fight, and as he wins the fight and jumps up and down, he throws up all over the, the fighter. He's just defeated with that one lucky punch. And he seemed to have such good intentions. He was going over. He was gonna be, He was being such a good sport. He's like, I hope there's no hard feelings, and he throws yeah. up in his Yeah, mouth. just, yeah. That's a rough, that's yeah. a rough way to end that. That was his first win, right? Yes, it was. The the lucky first punch. <laughs> the lucky you know, first yeah. punch. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if I got thrown up. Have, if I got thrown up in my face. Have you ever eaten food? What's your worst puke story? Um I when when my son was, you know, the you know, the baby thing where you're holding the baby up and it spits spits up, you know, in, in, yeah, he spits up into my mouth. That's that's probably one of the, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a, it was just that you know a little bit of white stuff. It Listeners like, are tuning us out right now. <laughs> it wasn't that full fledged, uh, you know, like like the, like they use on Saturday Night Live with a little hose that they put to the side of their mouth, so it looks like they're they're spewing. Yeah, it went like that. But I like the line in the movie, "A little jambalaya from Mama." <laughs> I remember hearing that, and I was like. That's a pretty cool line. Little jambalaya from Mama. Is that when they were rolling around the floor? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what Brad Brad's alluding to is the the first date that Scott finally gets, and uh, they're rolling. For some reason, she decides to attack him, and they're rolling around the floor. Um, and, and my thing, why is he fighting it? I mean, this is the first physical contact he's had with his woman, and you know, and he's fighting, you know. Rather than embracing the, the, you know, the contact there. We're at 17 times he's asked her out at this point. Yes. So, at this point, he's borderline creepy. Yeah. And he has a solid 9.5. If we're going to compare her to last week, Nicolette Sheridan, where do you rank, where do you rank Salma Hayek? Can we point out 17 is borderline creepy? Did you just say 17 is borderline? I think, I think 17 that. is totally creepy. Yeah. You pass borderline. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's so, so, so where, do you rank, where do you rank her against Nicolette Sheridan? Um, I don't know. They're, they're kind of they're, – they're both very, uh, very attractive, very hot. Um, but, like, I, when I think of Nicolette Sheridan, she's like the steamy, hot, blonde, and – Selma is kind of that um, spice. She's spicy, and then Nicole's steamy. It's like you know, they're they're both in her hot individual ways. You know, they're both solid nines. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a solid nine that's attacking him. Yeah, and he fights her back. I'm with you. I'd yeah. make a move at that point. Yeah. I mean, you're either going to be a creep or you're not, and he needs to cross that creep yeah, line Scott, or be a good dude, right? You've struck out so many times, dude. You, you know, you get in the pitch right down the middle of the plate. <laughs> I mean, he's getting a slow fastball yeah. right down the yeah, middle. You're getting the batting, pat, uh, uh, batting practice, practice pitch. Yeah, a lob. So. 
she's lobbing it. All right, so we uh, continue to go through um, the different things. Uh, did you notice the picture? Whose house were they in? And it was a picture in the living room of somebody laying down sideways with something. In fr- oh, it was in it was in uh, Scott uh, Winkler Henry, Henry Winkler's house. house. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had like the music in. He was it was a nude photo with music instru- instruments in front of him. He's laying like sideways, like on the couch with you know his head. Yeah. I actually oh. saw that twice this weekend in two different movies. I saw it in this movie when I was watching it. And then my wife and I were watching White Chicks, uh, <laughs> which is a terrible movie. Yeah. But he, you got Terry Crews in a photo blocking it also there. So I was confused. I was thinking, did you see White Chicks when you were bringing this up and you're confused too? But, yeah, Henry Winkler. I was thinking you were saying you saw Henry, Henry Winkler doing that, that pose twice, and I was like, there's no way. <laughs> Those odds are way too, no. If you're Henry Winkler – you're taking that photo home with you, right? After the movie's over, you're like, that's mine. Yeah. Because if I had that, I would definitely hang it up in my house for my family to have to look at and every who, time. Yeah. And who else is going to want it? You exactly. Th- do you think he had to fight somebody? He, somebody else is like, no, I want it. He's like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that move, that, that yeah. photo. He's like, but it's me. It's mine. My bad Fonzie imitation. <laughs> okay, so as we move on, uh, Scott decides he wants to be a good teacher. So, you know, he jumps on the desk and, you know, does this to get his, their attention. Uh, I swear when he was, when he was doing his, you know, locomotion moving thing, did, did that not just look like Chris Farley? I mean, that was like a Chris Farley, you know, from the, uh, the Saturday Night Live skit, you know, the dancing skit. I mean, it was just like, or no, it was the, the fat guy in a little coat, you know, spinny, twisty. Kevin James is a muted Chris Farley, right? Yeah. Like, Chris Farley was next-level energy. Kevin James is not there. Uh, he – yeah, there's not a lot of this movie reminded me of Chris Farley. Um, I think Chris Farley would have been 100 times better as Scott in this movie, and it would have been funnier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 miss, I miss Chris Farley for this movie, honestly. And if Chris Farley was in here, then the principal needed to be David Spade. <laughs> Again with that. That would be the sarcasm. Yeah, yeah we needed that. So uh, in one of the fight scenes, he uh, he's actually fighting uh, a UFC fighter, uh, Chill um, Sonnen. I think Sonnen is his last name. Uh, and Scott puts him in a submission hold. But it was so poorly done that, like, the submission was like within a few, just a couple seconds, and he didn't even really have it locked in yet. It was very bad production. I, I, I would think with as many UFC fighters were around, they would say, "No, that's we got to do a better job with that one." So, so I know very little about UFC, and but I do know that Adam Sandler's crew made this movie, right? Yeah. So, Kevin James is a big UFC fan. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I know he's a big yeah. So this is like this is his vanity project, right? Yeah. He, so Adam Sandler chooses places like Hawaii to go make movies because he wants to go vacation. Or the basketball movie. He loves basketball, which is one of the reasons he did the uh, the recent basketball movie. Which basketball movie are you talking about? The one where he was the coach, a scout. Oh, you're talking about uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, was sorry, a good sorry. movie. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a good movie. Yeah. But most of the movies he does, he likes to vacation there. Yeah. Uh, another Frank. 
Karachi's, I say it, movie Blended, which I actually like that movie. It was in Africa. Yeah. So Kevin James finally gets a chance to have a Vandy project. I feel like this is them saying, this is your chance to be a star. And he chooses UFC. And, I mean, I don't know a lot about UFC, so the fighting, to me, looked like fighting. I, I can't really... I'm not gonna crush it because it it looked like fighting to me. No, it's it, it wasn't. It was it was a poor rendition of it. Um, okay, so we come to reach out. He goes out to Vegas, and he's in, in the tournament out there or the fight. He's supposed to be out there, and uh, um, they come to find out before the fight that the money had been stolen by the uh, the financial guy there in the school. Um, my first thought, my first thought was, what did he use the money for? And it had to have been for a new teeth job because his teeth were ratchet. I mean, they were horrible. And I think, he, he, you know, I don't think he went away on vacation. I think he had to get his teeth redone. I think that, was the, that was the big curveball in the movie. You never saw that coming, right? But before that, how have we not talked about fellow podcaster Joe Rogan in this movie? Yeah. I feel like he, they came to Joe and they're like, Joe, we need you to be in this movie. And he's like, I'm going to be in it. I got 15 minutes. We can shoot this scene right now, but I'm not staying in this movie. Why didn't he stay for dinner? They're in this really nice restaurant. They worked a deal, and he's like, okay, I'm going to eat the little appetizer and walk out. Time, time is money. Time is money, Brad. He yeah. must have had it in the deal. I'm only working 15 minutes yeah. today. I've got to get back to Recording this podcast. Fear Factor. Yeah. And probably Fear Factor yeah. at the time, right? Yeah. Was, was Fear Factor going on at the time? Maybe a little earlier, but yeah, I could I could see that as well. But maybe I was, I think that was around the initial time of this this started podcasting. So you know, maybe that was. Do you yeah. like Fear Factor? Uh, not really. I mean, it doesn't make me scared or anything. I just, you know, watching people have bugs and snakes and stuff crawl over them and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't do that. No. I've yeah. Never seen it. Yeah, you've never seen Fear Factor. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Did you ever see Joe Rogan on news radio? Yes, I do remember from that. He's good on there. Yeah. This he kind of phones in. Yeah. They could have just, like, Zoomed him. If this was 2020, they would have just Zoomed him in yeah. and had a Zoom call with him. So, back to the this movie. I had a um, – my biggest thing with him stealing the money was that if he hadn't done that, like, there is no weight on this last fight, right? On the last big fight that he has. Because he he already raised like I don't know what the number was how much money he he, he just needed he, he needed he was planning to lose because that that last ten thousand dollars or whatever right wherever he's going to get was going to take him over the top. Mm-hmm. You're the, you're right, Gary. There'd have been no stakes, right? Yeah. So it's like if if the yeah if he still had all the money, I think you know then the whole last scene's pointless. But and at. You know, pure Hollywood here. Then all of a sudden, Kevin James, you know, Scott Moss says, "I think I'm going to try to win this fight." You know, no shot, yeah, Scott Moss against the, no champ- the champion of the world. You know, you know, you're supposed to be. All of a sudden, he thinks he becomes Rocky Balboa. You know, if you're the champ and you lose to Scott Voss, you're done, right? Like you yeah. never fight again. Again, I, you got to wonder how much uh, the the fighter in here was paid uh, to do this because, um, yeah, it's I don't know just to have that on your resume, you know, even though it was a fake fight, you know, even the fake fight, you know, it's just like it's like that one time that uh, David Arquette won the uh, 
wrestling title for uh, WCW. You know, are you it, taking us back to your basement days, Roger? Yeah, uh, never basement days. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, he uh, they did this whole cross promotion with the movie. We'll probably end up doing. And uh, and he ended up um, winning the title. And if you ask wrestling fans and wrestlers all across the board, what's the worst moment in professional wrestling? It was when David Arquette won a title. How it just took all the realism out of wrestling. What's the best fake movie fight? Hmm. I don't know. That's one I'd have to really think about. I mean, it's got to be one of the Rocky ones, right? Like, the Drago fight was good in Rocky, but there were some good fights in Jerry Springer's Ringmaster, which could be a future future movie torture. Jerry Springer actually had a movie come out called Ringmaster. Never heard of that. You've never heard of that? It was way before your time, Producer Gary. I really just thought that that was, like, his show, though. He was the ringmaster while all these people were fighting. No, it's <laughs> actually a movie. Yeah? Yeah, it's actually a movie. I'm looking it up right now. On the on the international movie database, so he's he's in this this fight. I'm trying to pull up here who the the UFC fighter he was fighting against was, um, uh, who was a legit champion. Um, Wasn't he a Russian too? Uh, I'm looking here. Uh, what was his name? Oh. Yeah, Ken Ken uh, Ken Dietrich um, was the uh, UFC fighter there, uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, the fight scene was kind of you know, and of course they had to throw in um, Lenny Clark in the crowd there beside Selma. I like Lenny Clark. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, uh, uh, Rescue Me. Yeah, that's where I remember him from. Yep. Uh, it would have been the perfect uh, fill in for the uh, the Chicago guys, you know. The Bears, you know, hitting his chest, you know. I guess, though, he'd be more of a New York New York guy than he would be a uh, Chicago guy. Um, Can I just say Ringmaster was from 1998. It has a 3.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and it stars Jamie Presley. You know who she is, right? My name is Earl? Yeah. Yeah, she was slumming it. We're going to have to do that movie. <laughs> It'd be a good conversation. So one of the other things there with the uh, before the fight is uh, they uh, they all go in this corner and hold hands and say a prayer. Uh, if this was real life and Kevin James was going into a real UFC fight, uh, what do you think he would be asking God to do uh, to make it quick, help help get it over with quick, or to uh, you know to die in the middle, you know, at the end of the fight? You know, what do you think you what would you have prayed if going to a UFC fight and you knew you were going to get you know, the crap beat out of you. Well, I know I'd be thinking I'm going to sit from a straw probably for a long time because I'm going to get clocked out there. Mm. I would just want him to – I probably would just want to pass out. I'm, I'm going to eat – I pass out a lot, so I could see myself just passing out. I'd say get, get it to hit some kind of pain receptor so it's like I can't feel anything after that. And then, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, another thing is the uh, – uh, do you think that Scott Voss was wearing a girdle? Like he was definitely his, wearing a cup, right? Yeah, He's with, protecting well, the with, jewels. With the short pull-up, though, did you not think he had like a girdle in there to hide some of the uh, his stealthness, you know, his his uh, his uh, fattiest frame? He's definitely 
he's definitely wearing a girdle. Yeah. And he's he's got yeah sucking in that weight, right? Yeah. Um, I, I do think they got at UFC, you know, to really help out a lot with this fight. I mean, they had a legitimate referee, Herb Dean, a uh, legitimate ref who was uh, one of the best. Was that Michael Buffer doing yes, the announcing? That was Michael Buffer. Uh, the better of the buffers, as I say. The better of the buffers. Yes. Um, uh, the uh, Diedrich char- character throws a Superman punch at him, which uh, now our current wrestler uses. Uh, and um, what was the other thing I thought was? Uh, oh, the speech, the "You're my hero" speech at the very end. Would Would a fight let a a singer? sing a song like that for you to come in, or do they just play pre-recorded stuff for an undercard? I mean, this is an undercard, right? It's yeah, not the main event. Yeah, it was not the main event. Uh, I, I, I do not know. Um, I, I would think that at some point they would have, you know, because a lot of these guys use a lot of rap music, and I could see some, you know, hip-hop guy coming out there and, you know, maybe even rapping with him along going to the ring. Um, all right, so what, the love interest part, what did you think? When he finally gets the the kiss, I was wondering if she was paid extra to kiss Kevin James. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he got her. Yeah. I mean, it would have been. I, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, do, do you think he's, that she said there has to be a fence in between us so I don't have to accidentally get any? Was time? there a fence in between there? Yeah, they were. They were. He he was on one side of the fence and she was on the other. They were trying to do the whole find a hole to. Oh yeah, yes. I forgot already. Um, yeah, the <laughs> we're seeing some restrictions for these plus size actors, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. The the first one we had, there was no kiss involved. This one was uh, the kiss through the fence. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens in the next next movie with the kiss. Do do we want to read? Do we, you want to hear some reviews of this? Yeah. Movie? Yes, definitely. It's um, review time, right? I have one here from. Name Rezzy from May 10th, 2013. Not bad. Definitely one of the better Kevin James movies I have seen since King of Queens went off the air. But that's not saying a lot. It's obviously another quirky main character doesn't care until he gets real and then he steps up and everything goes to pot. So here's one. Uh, this is from Scott Today, uh, USA Today, Scott Bowles. says the film telegraphs every punch but when the comedy connects it can deliver with funny force funny force funny fo- i like the i like that it's um uh i like that they're using the fight thing with the with the review here's one from ziggy d from august night 2013 okay my kids loved it and wanted to see it again not me I can't stand that kind of completely unrealistic, outlandish, against-the-odds fantasy. Though I do love Kevin James. So this person loves Kevin James, but they didn't like this movie. He's one of my favorites, so I sat through this movie just for his darling expressions. Does he have darling expressions? (laughs) He has good hair. Yeah, Neil, Neil Ginzengler of the New York Times wrote, If you can choke down the impossible notion that the doughy Kevin James would last more than five seconds in a mixed martial art ring, here comes the boom. It's a moderately enjoyable, non-taxing sort of comedy. I like that. You, it's, it's unrealistic. But here's one from Michael Laycox 
from 2015. It says, It is sad to see Kevin James fall so far from his days at King of Queens. This movie is so predictable, corny, and generally a waste of a good time and money. So this guy thought he was going to have a good time watching Kevin James in a girdle or in, a, in a unitard get well, the crap beat out of well, him. Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he thought he was going to get the crap beat out of him and for him to win the match, you know, at the end. Just, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I – spoiler alert. Um, so one more review. I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, John Anderson of Variety Magazine writes, Hands of Stone meets Heads of Air, and here comes the boom. A sports story so daffy, it might as well star Kevin James. He called the film a triumph of recycling, you know, and, and kind of comparing it to Rocky. But he calls the characters likable and writes the violence as a, a, a what's it, a frisian? It's a new word for me. A frisian of tension to, uh, to the mix of grappling, romance, and social critique. Don't you love when the critics use words we don't even understand? Yeah, exactly. Like you're reading this, and I'm like, what is that word? I do not know what that word is. Yeah. I do love that title, though, Airheads and Stone Fists. Yeah. Yeah, Airheads and Stone Fists. That's, that's pretty. That's a clever little headline. Yeah, you got to be clever. Whoever's writing these headlines for the, for the, for the critics, they're doing a good job. They're, Here's the last one. Uh, this, this is Mark's uh, salon of Austin, the Austin Chronicle out in Texas. Here Comes the Bomb would have been more fitting title, but props to Henry Winkler for rising to the occasion and turning into a sweet, idistically perform, performance in a film that otherwise feels like a tawdry commercial for the UFC and MMA. Oh, it's definitely a commercial for the MMA and yeah. UFC. Dana White. Was Dana White in this movie? Uh, he was referred to, but he wasn't in it. So even Dana White, he, he, he gets a commercial and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing a Kevin James movie. I think this is where he said, uh, "Joe, you gotta take the you gotta take the hit on this one." <laughs> I'm sending Joe. Yeah, I am not being in a scene with Kevin James now. Sam Hayek, I'll do that scene. Yes, definitely so. so definitely you, so. So y'all would say that Henry Winkler was like definitely the star of this movie comedically, right? Henry Winkler and Nico were the best. Yeah, the worst. I would say it's Selma Hayek. I mean, she okay. Adam Sandler passed her down to Kevin James from Grown Ups. She played Adam Sandler's wife in Grown Ups, so she looks like she doesn't even care to be here. She is phoning it in, right? She's, in my opinion, she was the worst part of. She movie. must have a movie deal with him. She has to do so many Adam Sandler and Kevin James movies, you know, I'd to finish out her contract. Even even her in um, Grown Ups, I thought she wasn't. She wasn't really like a big character. I don't think she brought a lot to that movie. Just my opinion. She brings nothing to this movie except giving Kevin James a hot love interest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She brings zero to this movie. Yeah. We could if this movie if it didn't have her and it was just a buddy movie with Kevin James and Henry Winkler trying to raise money. That would be a good movie. Yeah. Give me more Kevin James and Henry Winkler. Yeah. Less Selma Hayek in this movie. Yeah. And the principal, we don't need him. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, in my, where was the, uh, the the fundraising car wash scene and that they always do in these movies? It seems like we needed that, but we needed it. It needed to be funny, where it's the dudes out there because they can't. Because I think Salma Hayek's the only girl that works in the school. Is this an all boys academy they're at, or there was at least <laughs> one other female teacher they showed. At least we got to see we got to see um, Henry Winkler's wife who looks like she's as clueless as him a lot of times. 
but there wasn't much fem there wasn't many females in this movie at all. This is a this would be a dude movie, right? Oh, definitely so. This is definitely, definitely so. a dude movie. Yeah. So, Roger, is this movie movie torture or movie gold? Uh, it's somewhere in between. I, I don't think it's torture. I think if you're watching it to get like real MMA kind of stuff, yeah, you're it's gonna be horrible. Uh, I think there's enough humor and enough stuff in it uh, that kind of keeps you on. And then, of course, the message that it gives in the long run, how music programs are important and how we got to do everything to save them, you know. And it left me feeling <sighs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to leave and play a cello after the movie was done, you know. I wanted to break a cello when the movie was done. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to play one. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it was kind of in between. I, it was not a, a, a total bomb like last week's. Last week's was movie torture. This was not movie torture for me, but it's borderline. I will never watch this movie again uh, unless ten years from now you're like, let's revisit. Here comes the boom. Yeah. Uh, did you? Definitely, hmm? it's definitely a snoozer, though, right? Oh, it's a snoozer. I mean, it's predictable. I turned it on. I knew exactly what was going to happen when right when the movie started. Did you watch it with Max? Uh, he came down and watched the last 45 minutes and my wife fell asleep. So that yeah. shows you the, yeah. I'm the only one that powered through it, but I probably would have fell asleep had I not been taking notes for this podcast. Yeah. yeah there is no, no sleeping for mo on movie torture here. No sleeping on movie torture. Yeah. Roger, uh, next week's movie. Are you excited about Ghostbusters 2016? Uh, is that really? That's what we're doing? I think so. Uh, Roger's surprised. We're gonna do okay. Melissa McCarthy. Okay, you switched. Up, you switched up McCarthy. I switched it. We're doing. We're now we're doing um, plus size ladies. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about two plus size men. Uh, Ghostbusters. It went, from, it went from Gary went from fat guys to plus size women. Plump, plump men. Yeah. Uh, what's your? You know, we get to talk about Ghostbusters 2016, so we'll get to revisit our. Our, our youth talking about Ghostbusters I was and, say, and how they ruined it. Yeah. So, yeah, Gary's already... I'm just That's, that's going to turn into, man, the original one was so much better. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it, but it, it leaves us with a deep dive into a crap movie, right? So are you excited about this movie or are you not excited about this movie? Um, I'm excited to see how bad it is. Have you ever seen it? I have not. <laughs> so we're, we're this, roles are reversed. Okay, yeah, that's right. The, this is the chicks one. It's the all lady Ghostbuster yeah, movie. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about an all lady Ghostbuster movie. Is uh is 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 there one of the characters from Saturday Night Live? Yes, we will talk about her next week. Okay. A lot. Okay. There's a few from Saturday Night Live. All of them are minus Melissa McCarthy. Is is the Jones? Yes, girl. she's in. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So at least she'll be funny. And uh, Chris Hemsworth. Relative, yeah. yeah. Maybe she's funny. We're yeah. going to find out next week, though, on our next episode of Movie Torture. So for Brad and producer Gary, Roger, we'll see you next week. <laughs>